Yo, yo, this is Sid Shaw with Chasing the White Rabbit, and we are back with another hot episode to take us into the new year. We're going to take a little break until January 9th and come back with new guests and new energy. Before we start, I want to thank everybody for their time and positive vibes. It means a lot. So does the liking and commenting. My next guest is my good friend, Alex Lawrence. I choose to end the year with him for a few reasons. One of which is to help inspire all of us to get involved with the community around us. And there's no better time to plant that seed than the holidays. Alex has a very interesting background. He started his career as an engineer, then worked in consulting at Capgemini. After that, he became the executive director of the Reardon Programs, which is a fellowship focused on educational attainment for high school and post-undergraduate students sponsored by UCLA Anderson, former LA Mayor Richard Reardon, and Professor Bill Ouchie. That's where we actually met. I reflect back at my time there in 2004, and it was a major, major catalyst for me in the paths I took post the fellowship, which we get into a little bit. Currently, he is the Assistant Dean of Admissions at UCLA Anderson, and he also sits on the board of the California Bar Association. In this episode, we talk about how Alex jumped into the rabbit hole of community building and how that has opened up all of the other important opportunities in his life. We talk in detail about why that is important and how to start. Then, because of his leadership position at UCLA Anderson, I take the opportunity to understand how the MBA landscape is changing, is it even worth to go to business school, and how to get in. Stay tuned. All right, super happy to have my good buddy, Alex Lawrence, on the podcast, somebody I've known for almost 15 years, and it was a really big part of my life, you know, when I was trying to figure out what I was going to do and career-wise, business school-wise, just all of that. And Alex uh, provided me a lot of really important guidance and opportunities. And so, Alex, I want to, there's a couple areas that I want to focus on with you. The first one is, you know, you've always been somebody who's given back to the community in a major, major way. You know, you were in the Reardon Fellowship and now you're at Anderson, but you also are involved in a lot of other things. What is it about giving back to the community that excites you and how, and how, how did that even become a thing that you do? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Sid. I appreciate the uh, introduction. I'm happy to be here. And focusing on community itself, I think we can all say that we benefited from somebody who supported us, whether it starts at home, the surrounding neighborhood, etc. And the reason why I focus so much on community um, is because I've seen sort of both sides. I've lived it, um, like you said, through the written programs. I had the fortune to work with people uh, much younger than I, you know, in the sense that seeing you giving the idea to a young person, especially like in high school, they're fearless. They go out and they, they make a big impact that probably, you know, some people may not even consider doing. And I've seen, again, some amazing things with that group, you know, just high schoolers in general. And, you know, anywhere from walking across the street and asking a dealer for a minivan to help their friend (laughs) who was recently, you know, disabled and, and locking it up, you know, and most probably older people wouldn't even think about it. You know, they probably reach in their pocket first and try to make that happen. But, you know, in my experience, more on a global basis, um, based off my recent experiences, kind of traveling around the world and being associated with groups like the United Nations and just seeing how different communities, how they interact, and how different ones support each other for a bigger, broader goal or mission is, it's so inspiring in that, you know, you have to wonder why more of that doesn't occur 
but you, you've made a profession out of it. Most people, like, I agree with you. I mean, I, I have the similar philosophy where, like, people help me, so I'm going to make sure I mentor people as well. And, but it's more as a byproduct of my job or, or, or what I do. You, you've actually made it into your life's work and your profession. Like, how did that happen? How did you say, okay, look, I'm going to, this is what I'm going to do? Those that know me really well, you know, they, they know my early career engineer. You know, then fast forward, I did the business school thing, management consulting. I enjoyed that time. I took a lot of different skills, experiences from all of those. But then once I came into that universe of being able to run the reading programs, seeing the focus on teaching people how to realize what their mission is, thinking bigger than themselves, um, showing the importance of a community. Again, I benefited from all of that. And I always look at myself as a connector. Yeah. So it's not about me. You know, um, I, I've always surrounded myself with good people, you know, sitting across from one right now. <laughs> and while I'm not the professor in the classroom, I'm not the uh, loan originator or you name it. That's my goal. That's my mission. That's what I think I'm good at. I have good, great people skills. And how I did grow up, I, I grew up in a sort of like diverse community. I wasn't rich. Our family, you know, there's a lot of love in the household. But... I've been able to navigate a lot of different groups Mm -hmm. in that sense. And so when I'm traveling around the world, I feel comfortable into whatever community I go to. And I'm a connector to something that people value. And I'm more than willing to make those connections. And then for me, the joy is seeing how somebody takes that one piece or that collection and they go forward. And then the big thing is that they don't forget the community they come back to. So you and I know. People have come back to that written programs yes. community. Yeah. I'm part of the UCLA community, you know, 500,000 alumni worldwide. I went to Drexel in Philadelphia. I went to Georgia Tech. You know, I used to live in Minnesota. I've been all, I lived in Sydney. So I've seen and still, all these different communities. Exactly. That. And I stay connected to those and they don't operate in isolation in and of themselves. There are some who are like, hey, um, I'm an alumnus of Drexel. I'm interested in UCLA. Again, I'm, I'm not going to talk about my experiences back in the 90s, but I'm going to yeah. connect them with students. <laughs> I'm going to connect them with the current students at Anderson. But then okay. even then, those alumni from UCLA will connect with other groups. And so that's that strength. And, and the, again, the joy that I bring in it is also personal for me, too, because people like you are my kids' future. Right. right? So totally. if I can help people make sort of a better environment in so many different ways, I know my kids are going to sort of take advantage of that down the road where... I may not necessarily have that same uh, power, that same um, sort of opportunity, because uh, hopefully by that time I'll be retired yeah. on the beaches of Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Me too. <laughs> so I always wonder about this. I, you know, there's a big part of me that always wants to invest time into community building and all of that. Um, and maybe it's just because I'm an immigrant's kid and it's like survival, hustle, hustle, hustle. But like, how do you tell people this is a worthy or not even worthy. How do you tell people like, yeah, you know, you can survive and make money and have a good life while you're still focused on building community that they don't feel like they go together. Yeah. So you mentioned that sort of how do they value it? Right. Yeah. So it's like you have to get to, I think, the idea of what is important to you. You know, if it's money, if it's more your currency is relationships. I think that latter part is the most important piece because you can't take the money when you go to the other side. Yeah. Right. When you're six feet under. Right. So. Anytime I talk to people, and I, I take a lot of lessons that I did get from some, you know, superstars in the UCLA alumni community, and I remember Nikki Irvin saying that when people ask you to do something, always say yes, you know, in terms of volunteering your time, because, you know, there, there may be a point where they stop asking you. And so getting in front of a group of people, and 
even just sort of that connecting piece, because they will identify you. They'll see that maybe you came from their community or they came from, you came from a similar background or experience that they have. And they may put up those hurdles and thinking like, I can't, I can't work in a sort of a, a social impact job and make a lot of, you know, money or thrive or things like that. But yeah. giving them different sort of windows and how to approach that, then it's sort of like, oh, I can do it. You know, and they get inspired and they see not the currency aspect, Yes, it is expensive living in Los well, Angeles. But that's what I was going to say. Like, you know, let's take LA and New York. I mean, these are expensive cities. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're doing community works and projects and stuff, it's not easy to... Right. I, and you know what I would say on that? It's like that part about investing in the community, working. You start building up your own personal brand without even doing it intentionally. Right. So the next thing you know, it's just like people start speaking of you in a positive light. You, you're whether you're doing sort of the work of like, you know, <laughs> uh, I, I remember um, Henry Brandon talking about this in a, and Mr. Warren Jackson from the Room Programs Advisory Board talking about you're doing God's work, yeah. you know, in the sense that you're inspiring the younger people. But I think you start building your personal brand and those things just start coming to you naturally. Right. Job offers, investment uh, ideas, yeah, et cetera. That's a good point is the byproduct of this is your brand that gets created and then people start talking about it and they start putting you in other leadership positions that yeah. might be community or even business related. And suddenly you actually do have a life that you can afford. Absolutely. And, you know, not to go down uh, deep into my profile, but some of the things I'm doing now, people look and they say like, wow, you sit on the uh, California state bar. You know, how'd you get to that? You're not a lawyer. I'm like, again, somebody advocated for me. They suggested, I hate, I think this would be something that you would be good at. I think this would be something you can make a difference protecting the people of California. I threw my hat in the ring two years later in that application process. Now I sit on there and now I'm that guy that people look to from the public protection standpoint and happy to talk about that later, but it's yeah. been, it's been a very eye opening experience in a totally different community. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't know about that. That's, that's pretty cool. But I think, you know, tell me about a couple of the things that have come as a result of your community work. You, you mentioned you sit on the California bar. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Anything else that kind of has dropped into your lap as a result? Yeah. You know, Hey, let's be honest and real, man. Um, I notice a lot of times, uh, you know, I sit in the, the center of the Reardon Programs universe, but uh, that's where I met my wife. Yeah, that's right. That's a you know? big deal. Yeah, it's huge, man. It's yeah. huge, you know. So, um, you know, I, I look forward to when she listens to this podcast and I mention her <laughs> yeah. in this. <laughs> but, um, you know, so that was one thing. But, you know, the other benefits, you know, we, we've talked about it before. And I just see that when, when we look at things like LinkedIn, the connections yeah. and you know, I won't, I'm not going to kid myself into thinking like the 8,000 connections that I have are all like really deep right. relationships, but it's really cool, especially that when um, people just want to reach out to you just to say hi, just yeah. want to connect, see how you're doing, you know, versus sort of having like other uh, ulterior general, motives, yeah. which is fine, you know, in some cases, but, you know, people just pop up and they, and while it may not be their number one job, they ask like, hey, how can I get involved? Because I know you're a guy who's sort of connected in that way. Yeah. Um, you know, I had lunch with a young lady, African-American woman who, you know, said, hey, you know, I I loved my time when I was there in the, in the programs and I don't have a lot of time, but how can I stay connected? How can I come back? And I'm like, hey, let me put you in touch with the program because I think it's important to have more women in front of the classroom, young professional uh, women of color. So that again, that younger generation can kind of see like, oh, hey, and they hear her story, what she's doing. And She's doing very well, but, you know, it's like giving them that platform, giving them sort of that marketing channel in a different sense. And who knows, next thing you know, she's sitting in the office on Monday and like, 
people are sitting around the table, like, what did you do this? You're like, oh, I volunteered. I spoke to some kids. And next thing you know, whatever executives sitting around, like, hey, how can we get involved? Can, right. we, can we write a check? Right. You know, we're looking to get more Because everybody involved. wants to be involved. They just either don't know how or feel like it's a big commitment or they feel like it's super expensive or, yes. or something. They just don't know how. Everybody wants to. Yes. Yes. People want to. And, you know, I'm, I'm not going to kid yourself and thinking like uh, I have eight days a week, yeah. you know, and unlimitless time. And it's just that I'm very protective of my time. Yes. Right. You know, we were talking earlier about how our kids. They, Take a lot of it. Yeah, their time <laughs> is our time, you know. So, like, I'm not going to say I'm a yes man all the time, especially now, but it's really cool in a sense. I'm going to throw a name at you. Um, I was on the soccer field this past Saturday. Oh, my kids play club soccer, and, you know, I'm looking across the field. Who's on the other side? It's McKinley Tennyson. You know, he is uh, also a, a Kellogg yeah. alumnus like yourself. Yeah. His kids were, his uh, oldest son was on the other team playing ball. Wow. You know, so I was wow. like, hey, man, we haven't connected in a while. Let's do lunch later, you yeah. know, exchange. And and he's doing very well professionally as well. And his wife is part, is also an alumnus of the, of the Reardon program. Wow. So it's great. You know, I see mean, all those connections? Yeah. I mean, you know, I I really think back a lot to my my life and, the few people I met and stayed connected to in the reading program really were a catalyst in my social and professional life to this day. And mm-hmm. I'm still very close to about three or four of those guys, mm-hmm. you know. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and, I, and I'm not saying, you know, we don't want to make this like the reading program's yeah. commercial or whatever. <laughs> but it, it's, like, it's like those connections, those experiences, which are, are huge. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I just remember when I was growing up and my friends and all that, the ones who didn't get that exposure or maybe put up those hurdles, they still, and nothing wrong with yeah, it, yeah, they're totally. still sort of locked into the places that we grew up. Yeah. And the others who sort of um, took that risk, you know, I remember listening to a podcast that you were a guest on, you and Willie Alford, um, a Harvard grad there, and he was, you guys talked about that thing about when you're young, get out your comfort zone, travel yes. the world, you know, Think about getting a job in another country. Totally. You know, and then you take those experiences back. You see, you, you, you sort of test your own strength and metal. And next thing you know, you're like, you not so much that you're talking about experiences to, to kind of make yourself feel good, but you talk about others and you're like, wow, you know, I never thought about working in China. I thought you had to know Mandarin. Yeah, totally. You yeah, know? yeah. Man. And it's not like that. Or, hey, you know, oh, I thought you, had, you know, how many countries are in India? Right. You know, it's totally. like, like, dude, it's not countries within <laughs> yeah. India. It seems like it that. It seems like it. <laughs> um, and so, okay, I, I like where this is going. Let, let's just say that most people are career focused and they're focused on their life and their time and their kids. Mm-hmm. What are some small things that people can do to, to make a, a big impact? This is a This is a pretty broad question, but like, I don't know if you have a couple things that yeah, you know, people can can start thinking about it at least because my wife and I literally talk about this every day, which is like we need to do this, but we don't have time. We don't have two hours on a Sunday. I'd rather just chill and like take a nap, you know. So how do I how do I get this muscle in my in yeah. my head so that I can do it? Yeah, no, I I think there's stages. Um, you know, especially whether you have a partner or family, you're gonna go through this where probably you don't have as much time. So you need to really leverage those those organizations, those, uh, those platforms to get you out there, your brand out there. So I love what you're doing here. I've seen people who are consistent, um, publishers on LinkedIn. Yeah. They're following their passion and that's a great way. So it's like, it's like you have to find that marketing channel for you or program activity that you can plug in 
early in your career. That, that aligns with your personality. It aligns with your personality, your passions. Don't pursue something because it's just sort of like the invoke thing to yeah. do, right? Because like you said, time is precious. Now, fast forward and, you know, I'm still talking to the group that, you know, has more than just themselves. You're going to find time is going to start opening up. You're going to have more opportunities. You're more flexible. That's when you can kind of start being a little bit more creative, right. I think, if yeah. you want to. And then for the in, for the uh, single people or people don't have like, you know, sort of other commitments, like same thing, follow your passion, build out your own brand. I think, you know, for... So how do you do that and connect it with that part of the, the equation people are starting to understand, which is like, okay, you got to build a brand, whatever that is, you know, whether you're a good speaker, you're good at math, you're good at, you know, biology, and then become a thought leader, right? How do you connect that with a specific community building activity that has impact yep. on the side? Yeah, I, I don't think you need to make it very complicated. Okay. Look within your That's own neighborhood. That's what I feel like it's just complicated for people. Yeah, look within your own neighborhood. I mean, you know, when you ask people that whole point about impact, how many people do you want to impact? People always have these big grand numbers or they think they should be grand numbers. It's like you just have to manage your own expectations. And like I said, if you want to, if you want to impact like a million people, then, you know, maybe you should look at some marketing channels in China. Right, you know, totally, or India, where there's numbers. You know, yeah. Learn a new language, you know, because there's so much noise that's in uh, in today's society between emails and streaming services or whatever, and you may not have the ability to kind of hook up into those type of things. So I think keep it small. Start with your own neighborhood. If you want to go bigger and broader, that's when you kind of have to do, almost do like a joint partnership, you know, yeah. and find out that group and uh, find that if they have the community already built in versus you starting from scratch. Um, because unless you have a specific skill set, you know, where – you're Taylor Swift, you got, you know, millions of followers yeah. already. And now you're like, okay, I want to get this message out. But um, early on, I think even you need to start with yourself and like, what are your core values? You know, what sort of, what is your platform? How do you want to be recognized? Me, I'm always uh, more focused on making sure. And again, a lot of this was with my kids and family minds that, hey, I'm a, I'm, I'm a person that's uh, being of good moral character, right? right? Um, honest, um, dependable. You know, a lot of those things, because, again, people are always watching me, you know, little people at home to like the big people. And so I want to be somebody who um, uh, is recognized as kind of is definitely doing the right thing, um, stands for something um, in particular. And at the same time, um, willing to have uh, the difficult conversations versus sort of being a passive aggressive or, or just sort of not being somebody who all those things I mentioned before, because then that's when your brand just totally deteriorates, right? And I like that is just don't complicate it and start it at your neighborhood. That is really good advice. I think people are like, oh, you know, they get the idea and then they're like, how do I make a real big impact? How do I save every child? And then you get stuck and you get overwhelmed and nothing happens. And then you're sitting on the couch and yes. you're at home. Hey, I just wanted two hours. Yeah, you know, can exactly. I just have a glass of wine? I can't wine? do this. I'll do this in 10 years when I have some money and can dedicate time to it. Life is is, is complicated enough. I think uh, there's plenty of technical uh, devices and channels today between YouTube, right? Yeah. Uh, Skype, Google Hangout, whatever that you start building um, sort of your messaging using the different um, technical advances advances that are out there. And, you know, while I kidded, uh, I made a joke earlier about reaching China. Hey, you can, uh, you, you know, can. you can start something if you can speak the language yeah. and you're like, hey, I'm going to uh, start talking about FIFA, yeah. you know, or I'm going to do a review of a game or I'm going to TikTok. Or yes, whatever. Yeah. exactly. Next thing you put it out there and next thing you know, depending on what your profile looks like, you know, and yeah. next thing, like, hey, do you have you seen that guy or that woman who's talking about 
fill in the blank, and they're totally targeting China or India or Africa, Latin America, and then it's like that uniqueness, fa yeah. uniqueness factor too that people are like, oh, okay, hmm, I really liked what you said, and then you start building a dialogue, right. you know, and that's, I think, the another important piece is like having the dialogue, expanding it versus it just being a one-way communication because then, you know, anybody can talk, but yeah. it's like the listening What's, part. Yeah, listening and the action. All right, um, so I want to ask you one more question because I think this is important because you're the assistant dean of... Anderson, which is a really big deal and a very prominent school globally. How do you get into to business school and how do you differentiate yourselves? Everybody's got a business. Everyone was a consultant. Everyone's doing nonprofit board. Like, what is the, like, how do you, you know, and that, that was when I applied 10 years ago, I was doing that, right? Like, what, what is going on now and how do you differentiate yourself amongst the thousands and thousands of applicants? Yeah, sure. So that's why everybody wants to know what's the, what's inside the black box? Yeah. What's the secret? You know, I think at the end of the day, you have to, you know, I'm going to kind of start high level here talking about business school in general. It's a totally different market compared to when you and I, when you were in school, definitely when I was yeah. in school. And I think you need to start and figure out like, you know, is an MBA degree or graduate business education right for me? If you say yes to that um, question, then it's about finding the right school, the right fit and things of that nature. You and I know it's like it's the the networks are different. The opportunities are different, right? Now, when we get down to you talking about UCL Anderson, yeah. you know, like how do I get in or what are we looking for? We're very transparent and open. You know, when you look at our culture, we define ourselves by these three pillars, think fearlessly, drive change, and share success. We think that a lot of schools talk about how smart their people are, how they're changing the world. We really think that part about um, shared success, that's our community. It's all through our sort of um, campus environment, right? So um, I always sort of make the comment that if you don't like working with people, you know, if you don't like to be in group settings or whatever, yeah. you're going to kind of struggle. And, you know, we Might all have be the right home. For yeah, you. we have a lot of top uh, we're, we're with among all the other great business schools out there. So, but it's going to be about the right fit, mm -hmm. right? Going to school in Los Angeles is going to be different than New York, Chicago, totally. all those things. So when it comes down to it, you know, the application material is pretty similar to most schools. Yeah. Tactically, does it make sense to like do an on-campus interview and yeah. like, you know, make sure you get an alum to potentially do your review, all this kind of stuff to yeah. validate those things? Is yeah. that still the game? Yeah, it's of? it's still, you know, fair and valid, but I think what's going to happen is that, especially in this world where people get, you can get as much assistance, like you're mentioning, you know, people to look at your essays, mm -hmm. you know, to help those things. But when you're sitting across from somebody in the interview who's a representative of that community and they're trying to figure out, are you going to be the right community member for us yeah. as well? That's that part about doing the research, like you mentioned, talking to alumni, visiting uh, mm -hmm. our campus. That's huge because next thing you know, you're going to figure out, like we were talking about earlier, yeah. you try things, you say, okay, maybe that's not for me or it, it's I got to go for on. it, yes. It's right there. And then you start doing the extra work, you start doing the research, and next thing you know, it's just going to flow naturally. Yeah. And next thing you know- I think that's so, a really good point. And people are like, oh, this person is great, would be an advocate because they know- the right club they want to be associated with, they know why they want to get an MBA, and they know how they're going to contribute back to the Anderson campus and yeah. community. Not just the two-year experience, but I always say the lifelong experience because that's our Anderson family. Right, right. Okay. That's uh, that's great. Um, last question on the similar topics. There are schools that are coming up and online disruption and schools like Lambda, I'm sure you've heard of. And then how do you compete? Or what, what, what are you guys thinking? Yes, yeah, so that is one of those million-dollar questions, right? It's a, it's a different um, arena that we're in right now because there's online offerings, there's overseas offerings. Yeah. There's, um, there's a lot of headwind 
for a lot of top business programs because of cost of education, um, policies. You I'm know. still paying off my loans. It's 10 years later. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness I got rid of mine a long time ago. <laughs> There's got to be a business for that. I know. Um, and so, that, again, like I said, I, I still strongly believe, you know, when people question, um, should I get an MBA, uh, what's the value of an MBA, a lot of the naysayers, in my opinion, are sort of um, – looking at the short term. They're probably looking at, say, maybe the zero to five year window after you graduate from business school versus, as you and I know, when you start getting out there beyond that, the ability to pivot in your career, like I did, right? Yeah. Former consultant, right. pivot in higher ed, the um, access to bigger networks. So I know a lot of time people yeah. in the tech arena, they're like, hey, I have a great opportunity right now. I'm working at, you know, fill in the blank of a tech company, one of the big ones, or even starting your own company. When you start looking sort of at the higher levels at organization, CEO, founder, or whatever, not all of them have an MBA, but they have sort of those type of connections. Yes. Um, those communities I, and networks. I think that, yes. that's really important. I think that's the one thing the business school still provides that's pretty epic. Communities and networks because yeah. doing something purely online is totally different than yeah. sitting, doing a class project or right. doing a project with teammates traveling around the world, like maybe 170 of us go to Japan right. for spring break. Yeah. Those life experiences, while you won't continue that when you get sort of, you know. You can't replicate that experience. You can't yeah. replicate yeah. that, right? Yeah. And, and you know, again, being an advocate, because um, I'm biased, right? I've got my degree in business school, um, so I'm always going to advocate for that. It's just like when you look back, some of those things that you get out of business school, you won't, you didn't get out of undergrad, right? you know? Totally. And, and you fast forward, and like I said, I'm, I'm still doing the, business deals uh, with people, you know, in, in my own personal investments with who went to other schools. Right. I still stay in touch with a great uh, classmate from Georgia Tech. He got his MBA. He's doing great things down in the Atlanta area. Right. But that that sort of just shows, um, from my own experience, the access. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, and on a global scale. I mean, yeah. I can talk about people living in India, um, you know, Europe, Paris, yeah. all that kind of stuff. But uh, we don't have enough time. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, Alex. I appreciate the time today. And we will see you soon, my friend. Thank you. All right. We did it again. Thank you for listening to Chasing the White Rabbit. We are available on all streaming platforms, as well as Twitter and Instagram at WhiteRabbit underscore pod. Also, please feel free to hit me on IG or Twitter at Sitshaw Live. Your five-star ratings, retweets, comments, engagement, all the good vibes, all the text messages are super appreciated. We're taking a break until January 9th, 2020, where we're going to come back with a lot of new guests and a lot of new energy. Thank you again and have a great holidays. 